The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org. I'm reminded in this time when we talk about the thinning of the veil of something that happened in 1996. My then husband, John, and I had just moved into an apartment in the New York City landmark known as Stuyvesant Town. We were thrilled because the apartments were highly coveted and the waiting list was long. At the time of our move, many of the apartments were still inhabited by the original post-World War II veterans who had moved in with their families when the apartments first opened in 1947. It was a beautiful place. Nestled behind the tall red brick buildings was a lush, tree-filled park, at the heart of which pulsed a large fountain. Our apartment was sunny and sat just above the canopy line of the trees. Situated to the left of the entrance was a kitchen. To the right of the kitchen, in a small nook, was our work desk. John was a lawyer and I was an actor, and the desk was working overtime as a landing place for our piles of paperwork. One evening, I was in the kitchen cooking. Our cat Doodle was next to me, perched atop a high stool from which he would watch me work and occasionally ask for a taste. From my periphery, I noticed that John was in the nook, opening and closing the desk drawers and rustling through papers. He seemed like he was in a rush, but he seemed okay, so my attention remained on the stove. Suddenly, John ran out the front door, slamming it behind him. Doodle, who loved to go into the hall whenever we would take a trip to the garbage chute, <laughs> jumped off the stool and started yowling at the door to be let out. I was surprised that John hadn't waited for Doodle. He was as indulgent with him as I was. So I opened the door and Whisper yelled after him, Hey, John, what are you doing? He answered, What are you doing? I jumped because he was standing behind me. He had been in the bedroom at the back of the apartment while I was cooking and had come out because he heard the front door slam and the cat yowling. I told him what happened. We looked at each other wide-eyed. After a while, he said, you know, I heard that these apartments are opening up because the original tenants are passing away. The person rustling the papers and opening drawers was in his socks, wearing a white t-shirt and khakis, typical of what John would wear when he got out of his suit at the end of the day. I'd been sure it was him. We went to the apartment office and chatted with a young woman at the front desk. I told her what happened and asked if she would find out who had lived in the apartment before we moved in. She agreed and went back to look for the information. After a while, she returned looking a bit rattled. You're right, she said. The man who lived in the apartment before you was the original tenant. They found him in your bedroom. I went home and called my mom to tell her what had happened. 
She was touched by the story. Oh, pobrecito, he was alone. Make him a cup of coffee and something sweet to eat. Light a candle in his honor and thank him for the beautiful apartment. Assure him that you will take very good care of it. And then tell him kindly that it's your turn to live in it now. I did as she said. We never saw or heard from him again. Our son, Max, was born while we lived in that apartment. I remember the first time I saw him, he was in profile when the nurse handed him to me. He looked just like Uncle Alan, <laughs> his paternal grandfather's brother. And I was shocked to see him there. In that moment, I felt as if I'd been hurled into the river of life, but the current wasn't just pulling me forwards. It was pulling me backwards, too. This baby that I'd been waiting to meet that represented a carefully invited future was transformed in an instant through that profile into a vessel that included a reawakened history, one forever altered the moment he took his first breath. Max was specifically himself, but not singularly so. My newborn was ancient. Max can conjure his grandpa Harry with a roll of his eyes. His ascetic sensibilities are so like my father's that when we argue, I often feel like a teenager. And he walks just like John, a joyful, bouncy, toddler-like half-nose dive that still tickles me and takes me back to the beginning of our story, even now after so much water under the bridge. Maybe like my apartment in New York City, we are all haunted places, inhabited by ancestors that occasionally breeze in like old tenants passing through, materializing in a gesture, a proclivity, a wayward curl. In this season, when all over the world we pay homage to those who came before us, let us light a candle in their honor and offer them a sweet treat to entice them to come near so we can tell them that they are not forgotten, so they can hear us say their names out loud, so they know that we are holding a place for them among us and that we hope they are doing the same for us across the veil. <laughs>